Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors. Real contractors, true stories, real solutions. Hey, at the end of the show, we're going to ask you to do a favor for us and uh, like and review our podcast, share it with some other contractors. And uh, we want to remind you about our free Facebook group that we got going on, the Contractor Profit Group. There are tons of great conversations happening in there. Uh, Go check that out. And if you want to take your business to the next level and you're looking for some uh, private coaching, check out our paid coaching group called the Profit Club. You can learn more about that uh, at our website, hammerandgrind.com forward slash the profit club. And on tonight's episode, we're going to have a special guest. Uh, Thomas Williams is our guest today. And uh, Thomas, we are super excited you're here with us today. And we're going to be talking about something that I believe is important. And we are glad that you're here to discuss that with us. The legend in the house. Thomas, we're so pumped to have you here. Well, well overdue. I, I just want to get this straight real quick. Thomas is an ambassador in the the Profit Club. He's he's uh, he's definitely an expert in the field of of role playing and sales. And so it's going to be fun to talk to him about role playing tonight. I've done lots and lots of role plays with Thomas. It's been real awkward, real exciting. Let's let's dig deep into this one. Hold on to your seats. Put on your seatbelt. Thomas, why don't you start off? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, um, just kind of your general background. No, man, I, I appreciate it. Glad to be here tonight. Uh, it's This is super, super pumped. Glad to be on the podcast. So my brother and I started our business in 2001. I was 18. I graduated high school in May and got my real estate license. <clears throat> he came to me in October asked me, did I want to start a gutter business? And I put as much thought into it as, can we make money at it? And his answer was, yeah, yeah, we can make money at it. And so we, we started a gutter business and that's been 20 years ago. This uh, next month will be 20 years that we've been in business and we evolved from just gutters to roofing and siding, windows, additions, that kind of thing that eventually put us into a position where about 2013, 2014, we started a sister company where we're building houses as well. So that's kind of a 10,000 foot view of us. Awesome. Well, what, what's the name of your two businesses you guys have? Oh, yeah. I guess that's <laughs> important, isn't it? So All American Exteriors is our remodeling company and American Craftsman Homes is the building business. Nice. Now... So you had no experience at all in construction, is that right? Yeah, the only experience I had was being, yeah, when, when I started, I was in real estate, had worked for a real estate broker from the time I was 15 until I got my license, was selling real estate at 18. So I had a little bit of just sitting in a subdivision watching builders build experience, but actually no hands-on swinging a hammer, shooting a siding gun, anything like that, and still really, truly don't have a whole lot of experience with all of that. My my specialties are more towards sales and marketing and 
running a business. That's fantastic. So your specialty is more business orientation, uh, communicating with people, communications. I mean, communications and sales is like goes hand in hand, right? So that's interesting. So congratulations, you made it past 10 years. You know, most 96% of contractors fail in the first 10 years. So the fact that you made it through says a lot about it. Um, so I want, I want to be clear, like that the real topic tonight, I mean, thank you for the 10,000 view, uh, of who you are and what you do. You're in Georgia, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. I just want to be, I just want everyone, the viewers to know, and the, the audience to know where you're from. Not that they can tell from your beautiful accent. <laughs> um, what, what, we're going to talk about the importance of role-playing. What you, what you talking about? <laughs> Don't worry about us, sweetheart. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> the importance of role-playing in sales. You know what I mean? Like, you you made it through sales. This is going to be this is gonna be a great topic because you actually were successful and made it through business past the 10-year mark. Like, when was the first time you did a role-play? You started in 2001, 18 years old. 2013, you started building houses, custom homes. You launched American Craftsman Homes. Like, when was your first, like, sales role play what first year was that play was march april 2020 something along those lines okay so 19 years you started your business and 19 years later you did your first role play like we i want to know about that moment like why did you even decide like oh okay i'll start doing sales role plays you already made it almost 20 years. You were already successful. You already had two businesses. Why start doing role plays 19 years later? No, that's a, that's a fantastic question, Eric. So we did make it past 10 years. We were at a 19 year mark, but we were continuing to run this crazy contractor cycle, right? Where I was running from one customer lead to the next you know, windshield time, all the time. I was exhausted. I didn't know like how much longer I could do this on my own. I mean, and not to say that I'm on my own, but I, I handle our remodeling side and my brother handles our, our new construction building side. So the sales for our remodeling business falls on me and I'm spending hours upon hours upon hours driving to customers, getting to their home, doing a little song and dance, hoping and praying that they're going to choose us to go with their job and, and getting the sale sometime and, and not getting the sale sometimes and not knowing why. And I think that's one of the most important things that I've learned is that there's a reason why you don't sell a job and there's a reason why you do sell a job. And if you don't know why, you might want to spend some time digging into a sales process that's going to help help you have a better understanding of why you didn't get that job, why you you did actually sell that job, right, Eric? Yeah, this is. I just my mind's spinning right now. I know Brad wants to say something. Brad, just back me up on this. So this is so important because we're going to have people listen to this podcast that have been doing it for less time than you, Six nine months. years, seven years, 11, 12, 14 years. And they're like, I'm really good at sales. I don't need it. Six months, like all the spectrum, everything below 19 years, people are going to be like, Hey, I'm, I got this thing figured out. I'm good at sales. I don't need to do this role play stuff, but 
it's it's so epic to know that you were like you were successful, but you you hit a wall. Why did it take twenty years for you to go like I'm running around too much? I have babies now. I have a wife. I have a home I'm trying to build. Like I have like there was a there was a switch that clicked in your head and said I need to I need to get better at this. And role plays fell in your lap. And now, like, you're so good at what you do. It's just, it's astonishing. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just a point of exhaustion. And I started searching. I come across, um, you know, different sales books and different, um, you know, Grant Cardone's and um, different different people that I would dig and, and listen to audibles and, and was just, because I was spending so much windshield time that I was, just trying to to learn and grow and get better and and grow our bottom line. I mean, our top line is was okay, but our bottom line was like, where is all of our money? Where did all of that money that we brought in, where did it go? So, you know, those were conversations that were being had quite often. And I was just digging and, and trying to get better and stumbled across, you know, a system that is, is teaches a repeatable system that can be trained to a team. And, and ultimately that's been my goal is I don't want to be a one man show, a five man show. I want a team that works under me that makes the cogs, you know, turn and something that I, I've, you know, I've read different books. Um, the 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 E Myth books, to where you've got to have a standard operating procedure. You've got to have some SOPs that this is the way that we do it. This is the All American Exteriors way, or this is the Team Handy way, or the Pond Digger way. We all have those, you know, business. Um, mission statements and we we have the way that we do things and and we've got to get it in a way that it can be carried on down the line to where somebody can do it besides just me and just Eric and just Brad and just Drew and just different, you know, all the different guys that are running businesses in our group. And when I stumbled across this sales process, it's a repeatable process that can be taught. And, and if you dig in and here's the key, Brad and Eric is if you put the time and the effort into the role plays to learn this and truly begin to get a grasp of what step one, two, three, and four actually mean, then those, those role plays become to get easier and easier and then the real life calls, they start to get easier and easier and more productive. And you're, you know, you're able to, you know, start weeding out customers or, or potential leads that are not really your customer to where you're not windshield time to every single lead that comes through the, the door, right? Awesome. So there's a lot to unpack there, Thomas. And I want to I want to talk about a couple things there. 
So it sounded like you said uh, the main reason that you started looking for solution was out of frustration. I mean, you were just overwhelmed and tired and you were just frustrated. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, it's pretty spot on. Awesome. And then you mentioned a couple other things. I mean, you mentioned Drew. Drew's one of our other ambassadors in the group, uh, which we'll be having an interview with him in the future. Uh, but and you also mentioned kind of the four steps. So you're you're basically so the listeners out there know that we're talking about the profit sales system and uh, the four steps of that. So the one thing you said though that's that I I I like that you said was that it, the you wanted a system that was repeatable and that was kind of teachable. But what I would add to that is that it's a sales system that will deliver results too. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's critical because if it doesn't deliver results, then Absolutely. what's the point in doing it, right? So, Eric, jump in on that. I know he had a lot to say. I mean, do you have any follow-up questions on that? Yeah, I just, I, I want to make sure that, that like, I don't, I want to, like, crush some, um, some assumed knowledge here. Like, what is a role play? Let's, let's talk about that for a second because, you know, you might have young contractors got in here, don't know what a role play is. You might have other contractors in here that are like, yeah, I've played police officer with my wife in the bedroom role play. Like, no, like we're talking about sales role plays. Like, and what, how does this translate and how does this make us better? Like, the, like a sales role play is basically replicating a live sales call with someone you're training with being in improvisational and, you know, like kind of facilitating a real call, what it would be like, like Thomas and I, like we're training together. I'm acting like a customer. He's acting like the contractor. I throw out an objection. He, you know, he fields that objection and then, then talks to me about it. And then I'm as the client go back and forth. And so like we have an opportunity to practice on each other of what that's like. And I want to make sure that we have an opportunity to say that. I just don't want to assume that everyone knows what a role play is because, you know, that's, it's important. Yeah. And I think it's important too, to say that role playing has been around for hundreds of years. Like we didn't invent role playing, right? Corporate it's, it's more prevalent in corporate businesses, you know, large companies that have sales teams, sales manager and sales teams. That's where they see a lot of the role playing I know uh, Grant Cardone even talks about that. I, I'm sure you read the book "Sell or Be Sold," yep. Thomas. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and I, I don't remember if he talked about that role playing in that book or not. But I know that Grant. I've seen videos of Grant talking about yeah, he's actually doing role playing like on a YouTube video or something with his team. So right. role playing's been around forever. Um, but I don't. We see a lot of people come into the group. And I know that Thomas that you role play with just about everybody, um, but w- I think that people don't understand the power of the role play. They just don't. They for one, they don't want to spend the time. Two, they're kind of embarrassed, right? They think they're going to screw up and make a fool out of themselves. And three, they don't really think it's effective. So, I mean, what do you speak to that and kind of those? You know, what's your thoughts on role playing in general and how it's helped you in your business? So one is don't want to take the time, right? And I can understand that, especially in the early beginning stages of, you know, learning this process. I don't have time. I'm too busy. I'm I'm in the middle of trying to quote 16 different estimates and these customers are waiting on me and 
I'm trying to decide which one to put on top priority because they they may be the one that actually buys for me today. Um, and I think we have to circle back around to one once we've talked about two and three. And and so two is is embarrassed. They're afraid that they're going to you know make themselves look like an idiot. And so this is something that I speak to a lot of lot of people about is that Brad, wouldn't it be a lot better to to stumble and make a mistake in a pretend scenario than it is to do it in real life to where we've made a mistake in front of our customers? In that scenario with our customers, it cost us money. In in the role play, it cost us, you know, a couple of laughs or or a, we pause and we, we stop and we say, hey, you know, I, I really didn't mean to say that. Can we, can we run through that again? Can we figure out a better way of saying this? Um, you know, to the point that you get used to it. And I'm sorry, Brad, I'm going to have to ask you again what number three was. No worries. They just think it doesn't work. Doesn't work. So, I mean, that's a... Until you try it, how can you say something doesn't work without giving it any type of effort at all? And I don't know how to have that argument with somebody. So I would challenge anyone who thinks that role-playing doesn't work to put 10, 15 role-plays in and then come have a conversation with me afterwards about it not working. And so... Then we come back to number one about not having the time. And so you, you get past two and three, and then you really start seeing the effects of it changing your game with your customers. And then you really start going, man, this, man, why didn't these guys tell me? Brad, Eric, why, why didn't y'all have this conversation with me about this, this role play thing? And man, I've really got to dig into this and I've, I've got to start putting some time. I'm going to start time blocking and I'm going to make sure that nobody's making appointments during these times because this is so important that I've got to be on a role play with the pond digger and I've got to be on a role play with Team Handy and I've got to be on a role play with Kristen Bender and Drew Collins and Landon and I have got to consume all of this information and you get past that not having any time because you got to have these role plays. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Two, two things right now. So first of all, I, I felt some excitement there. Like, cause, cause role plays, once you get, Oh, you know, you kind of get okay at it and like you get good at it. They actually become fun, like super fun. Like you look forward to them. Okay. So I, I sense that excitement in you, which was really fun to watch unravel, but let's attack time. You were, you had no time and that, that you were so desperate that you wanted to, to lean into a system to save time. And then you, you devoted all the time to the training so you could have more time, like unravel that. Tell us about your time and what, how much it saved you and all that and share some excitement. That was amazing. Oh, oh my goodness. I mean, that's, 
it's it's night and day difference between where I was 18, 20, 22 months ago as to my calendar was full. We literally just took every single phone call that came in and scheduled an appointment and I was booked three, four uh, uh, on-site consultations is what we would call them now. But it was a, you know, a, an Were estimate to go out to a customer's home. It was three. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know free. people charged for estimates. You were probably scared shitless to say, oh, yeah. hey, I'm charging. Come out to your place. And the only way to overcome that total frightening moment is to like role play with Brad or Eric or Kristen and go like, hey, I'm, I actually need money to come to your house. And it sounded so weird coming out of your mouth. But the role play, <laughs> the role play over and over and over again gave you this confidence, the tonality, the cadence, you know, to make it come out right. So much to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll talk to about the, the paid consultation, but I mean, now I don't go to a customer's house unless we're, we're hashing out the details. We're signing a contract, collecting a deposit. And honestly, I don't want to go to a customer's house for an onsite consult. I don't want the, the $250, $500. I want the contract. I want to sign the deal leave there with a 50% deposit. And so my time is so, you know, far different than what it was. I have availability to work in my businesses, to actually review profit and loss, to look at something and go, why in the world did we lose this amount of money? Or why did we not make as much money as we should have? And we can review those and we can make, better SOPs for other things. So I have more and more time to actually be a business owner instead of only focusing on producing jobs to be sold or sold jobs to be able to be produced, that kind of thing. And, and so Eric, you were touching on the paid consultation and I mean, this is, this could get a little dicey here. I hope y'all are okay with me. Maybe stepping on a little ice. Go for it. But I don't really feel like that somebody should just head strong, jump into a real life customer call and break out the, uh, Eric, uh, I'm going to need you to give me some money uh, if you're going to want me to come out and actually give you an estimate. Because you could take a, a customer who is on the hook, they're ready to buy from you. And you say the the paid consultation in the wrong way, you because you haven't role played, you haven't practiced, you haven't done it in a way that it makes sense and it, you're comfortable with it. You could totally blow a sold deal by bringing up something that you haven't practiced. So I think again we're hitting on the importance of role plays here. Well, Thomas, I can come out there and give you an estimate. That's not a problem, but we charge for estimates. <laughs> Listen, I, I got I to gotta stop this for just a second because I really screwed up. I interrupted you, Thomas, because um, what th- so many things are unraveling that I want to talk about that I interrupted you, and I, I, I really screwed yes, up. Yes, you did. You did screw I, it up, Eric. I did, I did I, and I, I feel terrible about this. And, you should. And you know why I know this? I know this because of all the countless hours I've put in role-playing. So if it's if it's cool with you, Thomas, I want to backpedal just a little bit. Tell me about 
when when role playing became exciting for you. It became exciting, like like we totally glazed over that. You had all this excitement, like you were. I want to do more role plays. Tell us about that. Uh, the the wheels started really kicking after 30, 40, 50 role plays. Um, it, it didn't, it was just a, a, I'm doing this because they have told me this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm saying these words because this is the word tracks that I have been given to respond to these potential customers and I don't know what I'm doing. Like 30, 40, 50 points, for, you know, I I didn't know why I was doing what I was doing. And, you know, part of that was is I wasn't I wasn't investing enough time in the role plays to make notes. I was not uh I was scared. I mean, like I was worried that I was gonna ask the wrong question. I was going to ask the same question twice. Somebody was going to give me an answer and I was going to ask the question again. And so I came up with a method that worked for me. And I think it's important that whatever the method is that, that works for you, you, you use it. If it's my method, if it's something that Brad has, Eric has, Drew, anybody, I think that it's important that you follow a process, follow a way of doing a call a role play, you, you keep them consistent. You do them the same. I mean, even as far as, you know, we're here in our offices and if you're doing your role plays in your office, you should do your, your live calls with your customers in your office. And I'm, I'm sorry, Eric, I'm digressing away from your question. Your question was, when did I get excited and excitement started to, when it started clicking for me and I started spending that 40 50 role play mark. And then, you know, then it got to be where I was role playing with Eric because he was pushing me to get 200 role plays in. And I was role playing with Brad and I was, I was role playing 15, 16 times in a week. And, and that's when it got, it got interesting. I, I want to know about like, the time savings. So like you, you didn't have time. So you were like, Hey, I'm going to start role-playing and spend a bunch of time doing this. How much time did it saved you in your life and allowed you to spend time with your family? I really want to touch on that because that's important to me. Goodness. I would say 20 hours a week, if not more. That's crazy. I mean, that's an insane number. It's, it's a number that seems to be common with people that, that really dive into the process. It seems to be a common number where people go, I'm saving 20 hours a week of my life, whether they're, um, you know, either having more time for their business or whether they're having more time for their family or for their personal self or their fitness or whatever they are. Most people that I talk to about once they figure out, you know, how to manage their clients through sales, via spending time with role plays, they end up saving 20 hours. It's, it's like, it's amazing. I wanted to follow up on what you said, Thomas, earlier about the, um, you know, by getting, but basically when it becomes fun is that once you, once you get comfortable enough and you get comp, you get, uh, uh, confident in your, you know, sales ability, it's fun to start trying different things, right? 
it's fun to try a different word track here, place it here, you know, say, uh, do something differently. Um, it's fun to use, like talk to different personalities. Um, one of the great things that, you know, that we do in our group is we have different personality profiles. If you're familiar with the disc profiles. And so, you know, a lot of people are having trouble talking to D personalities or, they may have trouble talking to C personality. Whatever it is, you're able to, if that's your weakness, you're able to find someone in the group and actually role play with them in that personality style and get better with those types of people. Uh, I know there's lots of times I, I love when I'm playing the the customer to throw curveballs. You know, to, if, if someone's making an assumption about something, I'll, I'll throw a curveball in and, and have fun with it. You know, and then at the end of the call, it's like, oh man, you got me on that. I knew I shouldn't have, I, I shouldn't, shouldn't have assumed that thing, and I knew as soon as I said it, you were going to catch me. And so it's just, you can have fun with it that way too. Yep, absolutely. So we keep talking about number of role plays, like a tracker, you know. So this is this is important. I mean, role plays, like how do you role play? Who do you get involved with? How do you make this happen? So like. This could be a shameless plug, but in our in in the in the profit club, we have a tracker and we like track stuff, right? We're like how many role plays you have as a client, a contractor, and then that that's that's a metric of what you are watching, so you can become better. And so, I remember you know when I first started role playing and trying different word tracks, and like then I would get on a live call, like I'd feel good about this new word track. And I'd get on a live call and I'd say word track and my wife would be sitting next to me and she'd like double take me. She'd like look and go like, who, who are you and what did you do with my husband? Like I've never heard that come out of your mouth before. That was a real aha moment for me. And so uh, I want to hear about an aha moment for you, Thomas. And I do remember, I remember seeing someone real special in you uh, in role plays at about a hundred and on the on the tracker around a hundred, I was like, "This dude's special. Something's going on with him." And I like, I really wanted to to get into more phone calls with you and training. So, I mean, one of the the aha moments that I remember that sticks out a lot to me is you and I had a role play, Eric and I had a role play, and we had an awkward conversation. And I, I said, Eric, I'd, I'd much rather have this awkward conversation with you here than to get out to your home and and start having that awkward conversation and, and us really not be comfortable. And you, you latched on to it. I mean, it was something that literally just came out of my mouth. Like, I didn't even know where it came from, if it, if I had ever even heard it before, if it was just something that I made up and you loved it and it, it really kind of boosted me to, to dig deep into that awkward conversation. And that's one of my favorite word tracks to this day now. So I, I use it all the time and see, this is the brilliance about role-playing. So you, you had done a whole hundred role plays and like if, if like I'm just going to give perspective to client to, to to people listening to audience, it's like if you've done a hundred role plays, it's about a hundred hours of time. It, it's it's work. I mean, it's not it's not easy shit. This is this is work. So you had about a hundred hours into it, and then something amazing happened. You just started being yourself, 
in the process, like the word started coming out of your mouth was just natural. It wasn't, hey, try this word drag. Hey, let's say go off the record. Hey, let's say this, that, the other. You just naturally said, hey, you know, uh, Eric, is it okay if we just have this awkward conversation? You ask me permission. I say yes, and you go into it. Just as something natural came out, and Thomas showed up in the in the in the sales process as an original word track person, and that was amazing to me. Yeah, Eric. I know one thing that anytime someone starts the process, and it's it's the same with any. It doesn't matter what you learn when you're learning something new. It's always that awkwardness of trying to figure it out, right? So when you first start, you sound like a robot. Like, how are you hoping we can help you? And then <laughs> and then it kind of gradually gets better. And then you start um, memorizing some of the word tracks. And then you start to put the stuff together. And then it all comes naturally. And you kind of get to that uh, you know, unconscious uh, competence where you're not even really thinking about it. And it's just flowing out of your mouth. And that whole transformation is pretty awesome um, to go from where, you know, you really had no idea what you're doing to, to being a, kind of a sales slayer, if you will. But I, I want you to, Thomas, I, I want you to speak to those out there that are just kind of like the, the whole idea of role playing sounds silly. Like, what do you say to people like that? It worked for Eric in flipping California. I mean, it's got to work for all the other areas in between, right? I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Tell us about uh, tell us about Tiffany and how she took it. You're like, hey, I'm gonna join this group. I'm actually gonna pay money. I'm gonna start investing in sales. I'm trying to create more time. And oh yeah, by the way, I got to do these um, improvisational fake role play replicate sales calls. And uh, how's, how did that look? Yeah. Um, so most of my role plays were being done during the day. You know, I would block off time during my, my calendar. And, you know, I might have three phone calls with a real customer and three phone calls with a, a uh, contractor in the group and, and have a role play. And so I, I avoided doing them after hours because I was afraid of what, what she was going to say, like, why are you taking away from our, our family? Why are you, you know, you already don't uh, have enough time with the kids and it's dinner time and all of those things. And eventually I started, the more I put into it, the more effort I invested in this, the more time I spent on role plays, the more uh, fruits I started seeing in my real life sales process with my real life customers to the point that I finally started having a conversation with her and I started telling her, Hey, you know, I really think this stuff is working and I really think that I need to start spending some more time and it may, may take some time after hours that I need to actually role play with some of these guys like Eric Triplett, who's on the Pacific coast. And, and I need to, to be able to do this at not just nine to five. Um, and when, when I started changing our sales process and we, so back up to 2019, we did around $900,000 in, in sales in 2019. And then 
2020, we did 1.25, one and a quarter million dollars from 19 to 2020. And then by the end of May this year, we had surpassed what we did in 2020. So the fruits are starting to, to, to bear and the effort that I've put into this and the time that I've taken away from family, it gives me more time to invest in my family at different, different times. There, there's some effort that has to be put into this. I mean, we're, we're doing this at, you know, dark 30 to, to have this conversation, but we're doing this because we want to help other contractors because I'm a little bit selfish guys. And I say this pretty often. I've found, you know, since I was a young child, my dad taught me that when I'm helping other people, I'm, I'm actually helping myself. So I think that's, that's the reason why we, we take the time that we do to invest in the contractors that are in the group because we see where we were years ago and we see the potential that everybody else has. And we want to help them see that, you know, fruition of, of potential, right? For sure. But I want to be clear on something, you know, how, how is it quantifiable to the audience that those numbers are, are, are a direct, um, a direct response from your role plays, right? Right. So, like, is it because you have twenty extra hours a week that you're spending in the business, or is it because you're communicating better with the clients? Like, I, I you know, is it just because COVID and contractors are busy, or is it because what you've learned has translated to time and money? All of the above, um, but I have to say that honestly, if I hadn't learned a process to where I could have a conversation over the phone with a customer when COVID hit, I'd have been lost. I mean, we probably would have unfortunately just shut our doors because I wouldn't have known what to do. Um, Zoom calls. <laughs> I mean, that was brand new to us. And, but, but, you know, fortunately we had, some some time invested into actual phone calls to where we were having these conversations with with customers pre-qualifying before you know do we want to go out to a customer's home does a customer want us to even come into their home um you know we now need to wear masks and gloves and booties and and all of that kind of stuff that takes even more time and resources and effort um so i have to speak to that that honestly I feel like that if I hadn't learned this system when I did, that it would it would probably have killed us. Um, can I communicate more and better with with my customers? Absolutely. Can I ask the right questions at the right times? And that is solely because of the profit sales system. The the ability to take a statement where I want to toot my horn, and instead of doing that. I take it and turn it into a question and then it becomes the customer's idea at that point. Right. I mean, all of these things, I could sit here until I was blue in the face and try to get you and Brad to believe me and understand it. But ultimately you've got to, you've got to dig into this your own and figure this out on your own to be able to believe this. Right. 
Absolutely, Thomas. And I <clears throat> would you say that with all the I mean, you've done hundreds and hundreds of role plays. Um, would you say that you can pretty much have any conversation with anybody? I mean, do you have that level of confidence that you that you could have just about any conversation with any person? No doubt. Difficult, easy, awkward, uncomfortable conversations that you have to have with your, your existing customers. Things that, that come up in the middle of the job that nobody knew about that normally or you know, not normally, but years ago you would just eat and say, well, you know, how, how can I have this difficult conversation with this customer and tell them that they're going to have to pay me $5,000 more than what we expected before. Okay. So since I screwed up earlier in the podcast and interrupted you and threw the whole groove off, I do want to, I do want to touch on the fact that, Prior to understanding profit sales systems and the, the understanding how to talk to people and role playing word tracks to people, you were running around to people's houses, giving free consultations, free estimates at people's homes, and then you've transitioned to being able to tell people, "Hey, I need five hundred bucks to come to your house," and so that's a game changer. And I want people to understand that because while some of our audience they already kind of do that maybe dabble at 50 bucks, 75 bucks. Like you, you command a high dollar to come out to someone's home and you didn't do that before, but now the system and the role playing has allowed you to feel super confident in that. Tell us how that has, has affected your, uh, your whole business and game plan in your life. It's still there or not, but I don't want the, the onsite consultation charge. I want to go out and, and sign a contract with a customer and the consultation charge is there just to, I mean, there's multiple reasons for it, right? But it's to protect our time and make sure that if I've went out there and I've detailed the, the work and I've, I've put the effort in to give you a detailed proposal and, and ultimately a detailed contract and the wheels fall off this and for whatever reason you're not comfortable and you just, you know, I get it. You, you decide to change your mind. There's, there's going to be a charge for that. Are, are you going to be comfortable with that, Eric? It takes role plays to be able to come off smoothly like that for sure. And so it's just cool that to know that you're able to do that so confidently, so calmly, so smoothly, and to be able to command that kind of money for a service call, whether they go or not. It's cool because it just weeds out the people, whether they're serious or not right away. One thing I, one thing I want to make sure that that was really evident to me, but maybe not to everyone else was that when you were giving free estimates and free consultations, people fell to the bottom of the list. And that's one of the reasons why contractors get a bad rap because he didn't call me back. I didn't have, haven't heard from him in a month or two. It's because by not charging for your time, for the consultation, for the estimate, for the work that you put in to go out to the place, the contractor is put in this really tough position to be like, have to chase the ones that are most important because I'm doing it all for free. And so they have to gauge that time against their family and their expenses and their fitness and their all that stuff, right? So by actually charging for your time, you actually make contractors look better 
than by doing this shit for free. It's a really interesting nuance that you pointed out, but I just wanted to make sure everyone caught. So listen, uh, we're running long. I just want to just double check with you, Brad. Is there anything that you want to touch on or, or Thomas, you want to talk about that you want to remind people like what it means to role play and how important it is? I don't have any other questions, Eric. I'm just uh, super thankful, Thomas, that you joined us and shared your knowledge uh, with us. You are, as we mentioned earlier on, Thomas is one of our ambassadors in the Profit Club. And so uh, Thomas, uh, one of his main focuses is on role playing and uh, helping other contractors uh, step up their sales game. So if you join the Profit Club, you're going to be talking with Thomas probably quite a bit. And uh, again, Thomas, just appreciate you being on here tonight. Let me just tell everyone, uh, all the listeners right now, that uh, Thomas's involvement in the Profit Club is is really second to none. He's really outrageous on this. He is an ambassador for a very prominent reason. Uh, he's involved in um, what we call our roll-off. And uh, every Thursday night we have a roll off and we have uh, like a live demonstration in the group and we do live role plays. And then at the end of the role play, one of our ambassadors, either Drew or Thomas, will actually get in and give you some critique and, and evaluation. And that's one of the things that makes people nervous. Like, I don't want people to, to criticize me, but like constructive criticism is what helps make everyone stronger. And Thomas is involved in that every week and even on weeks when he's not the, the, the host he's in there he's giving advice he's in the chat room and he's always reachable so thomas is amazing for that and we want to thank you for that so unless you guys have anything else you want to say i'm just going to wrap us out of here thank you so much everyone for spending time with us on the podcast tonight i hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed uh, uh recording this podcast we hope you catch you on the inside of the profit club and do some live role plays with brad drew myself or the legend thomas Williams.